0: Welcome back to Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. My name is Neil, your host, and today we are continuing our deep dive into organizational leadership, trying to understand what God asks us to do to provide leadership, not just for His church, but for business, for family, maybe even for a nation as we apply a framework over every area that we have influence over power. And today, uh, I'm g- again joined by J- with Jim Miloski, by Jim Miloski, and uh, he is our leadership ninja, and he's taking us through a pyramid. And so, Jim, let's dive right into it today. And where are we on this pyramid of a framework for leadership?
1: So we've been working through the four levels, and we've already moved from the foundational level of the relational level of leadership okay. into the operational level of leadership. Okay. And today, we're going to talk about the systematic level of leadership. That's okay. the third level.
0: And we've got four levels on our pyramid. Four levels. And We've already spent some time talking relational, and that's the idea that people follow me because of how I treat them. Is that right? I've been listening carefully on mm-hmm. these kind of things. I'm learning this. This is good. This that's is good. very important. And then there's a second level of leadership, and you've called that operational. Correct. And that's when people follow us because we're competent. Right. As a leader, we can do what we say we 're going to do, right. and last time you really challenged us that if we have the wrong competencies that we 're measuring against, we may not be providing the level of leadership that we think we are
1: right I think it's important whether and we talk specifically about the church yes, um, but you may be leading a different kind of organization. You have to determine what is the strategic competencies. You need if you're in the pipe industry, or if you're leading a an information based uh, company, or if you're leading a family. What what is that organization's purpose, and are you leading through those competencies
0: that are? and, and we need to make sure we've got the right ones, right? Because sometimes we can get the cart and the horse in the wrong order there, right. and if you did not listen to our last podcast, it may be we raised the possibility, well, excuse me, Jim raised the possibility <laughs> that, that we may have been focusing on not quite the coreest of core competencies in the Church, which you maintain are making disciples.
1: Making, marking, maturing, and multiplying disciples
0: which is not just getting them dunked and saved and off under the distance, but to do more than that. And you base that on a very passionate call with the Great Commission. And if you didn't listen to the last podcast, I think it bears in mind it's going to be something I'm going to be thinking about a lot as well to make sure that our churches have the right core competency. But that's, like you said, that's true for business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I think people forget why they're in business sometimes, and they they're confused. I know that I've worked uh, in in a learning center environment before, and sometimes it it felt like that my teachers sometimes, or one particular teacher kind of thought that we existed so they would have a job, and that's not why we existed. We existed for the children and to learn and to teach them. So this doesn't just happen in the church. No. It can happen in the business world as well. So we've kind of gone through relational, so bottom level pyramid, operational, next level. Let's go to the third floor here, which you call
1: systematic leadership.
0: Systematic leadership. Okay, I'm eager to hear because I've got a, you know, systematic in my mind is orderly in the step one, step two, step three, but I think you're going to be talking about something different here, aren't you?
1: This isn't so much about order. Okay. This is about, think multiplier, right?
0: Okay, multiplier.
1: So I'm going to go back to our uh, working purpose here, which is glorifying God, by developing joyful, passionate multipliers for Jesus through radical trust in his power and not ours. And many people are uh, interested that I don't say we're developing leaders, even though we're the developing leader group, we're developing multipliers. Because essentially, I think authentic leadership is about multiplication. And the competency that we talked about at the operational level went from making to marking to maturing to what multiplying disciples and this is where as we as we've worked through these levels of leadership the majority of leaders do really well moving through relational okay. leadership right and then operational leadership okay because they know it's important to relate to people and love people sure. even if they're not good at it they fight their way into doing that right uh, and then being Competent, they they can do that, but this is where a majority of our leaders hit the wall. Okay. Because systematic leadership means that the leader begins to develop uh, systems that are self sustaining so that the leader doesn't have to be present or focused on that operation because it's been picked up and is being led by other leaders because the leader has multiplied themselves.
0: So this is kind of moving from a one man show, so to speak, not advocate, not advocating, abdicating leadership and responsibility over thing, but really sharing the responsibility as you develop people to replace yourself in the role. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: This is the most counterintuitive Level of leadership because okay. it requires a person, a leader, to realize this this isn't about me getting better and better at more and more things. Mm. This is about me becoming more and more dependent on the power of God and the people He has placed around me. This is where this is where stewardship is so important, and where. The real difference between authentic leadership and corrupted leadership starts to raise its head. Mm. Because if if the leader is an authentic leader and they understand that they are in a role that identifies and gathers power for the good of others, then they know this is about inviting other people to lead with them. It's, It's about them desiring the success of those around them and not their own success. This is about them glorifying God and glorifying other people and not themselves.
0: And that can that could be pretty healthy for the leader, especially when he gets to a point where he says, you know what, I am not good at that, or somebody's better than I am at that, and I can slide out and let them grow into that position. That's pretty easy, aren't there sometimes that I also have to re- put somebody else in a box that I'm really good at or that I really enjoy doing and I have to kind of train my replacement in that box as well? Is that, are both those things kind of happening or am I, have I totally missed this?
1: No. So I think you're, uh, you're, you're talking through the all of the intricacies that happen at this point. Cause first okay. of all, if, if a leader has been doing something well, mm-hmm. his job is not to prove that he is the best at it. In fact, that's counterproductive and, What most we have lots of leaders that we call diminishers because they have to be the smartest person in the room. Okay. And when you have to be the smartest person in the room, what you communicate to everybody else is that they don't, you got it, so they don't need to. Mm -hmm. The counterintuitive process is for the person that's good at it to stop talking and start letting other people get good at it and even better than them at it. Because the leader, has, like you said, has to identify the person or persons that are going to be his replacement. Leaders are always working themselves out of a job. Mm -hmm. Authentic leaders are always working themselves out of a job. Corrupted leaders are always trying to protect their power and their position. And that requires this dance of, I have to to be in charge and in control and in ownership at Mm -hmm. the same time, uh, you know, try to, keep other people involved in this process. So there's a weird dance that happens there. Mm.
0: Sometimes you put somebody who's not competent in that role because they're going to rely on you to finally make the decision you consolidate your power, and then we've got kind of a Game of Thrones thing, though I've never seen the show, uh, but this kind of concept of i got to maintain, and so I'm going to put people who aren't qualified because they're at least people that I trust, and they trust me and they need me.
1: That is corrupted, diminishing leadership. Mm. Authentic, multiplying leadership is when a leader is always looking to elevate other people. He's, they develop people. That, uh, an authentic leader understands that their role really is developing people. It's hmm. not the The thing is, they're constantly looking hmm. to what uh, gifts and strengths the Lord has put in those around. They're learning to trust the Holy Spirit, not just in themselves. They're learning to trust the Holy Spirit in other people. That's, that's really one of the biggest shifts that happens when okay. I see a leader move from the operational level and into the systematic level. They are learning radical trust in Jesus's power, not in theirs. Mm. They're understanding that the, the success of Jesus's mission depends on me becoming more and more aware of my limitations, becoming less and less Confident in my own ability, and more and more confident in God's ability to do this.
0: And and for me, I think it may be easier for me to trust in God's resources than the people that He's entrusted His his resources into that kind of look like me and have skin on like me. I'm good trusting God, but trusting these other people—that's where it begins to be even more of a challenge.
1: I think. Right. And what if God has put the gifts in a person in your organization that you don't necessarily like that much. Mm. But what if he's put the gifts in them that that are needed to accomplish this task as a body? Are you able to see that person through God's eyes? Like Paul says, we no longer judge people on the cover. Mm. Because what Paul is saying is, I've learned to go to the Lord and trust Him more than I trust myself. Mm. My judgment of a person... I don't even trust.
0: Wow. Because that person may do things differently than I do. They may eat differently than I do, eat different things, look different than I do, talk a little bit different than I do.
1: So a leader has to learn early on, nobody is ever going to do what I do well as well as I do. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I... Because this isn't about mastering things. This is about doing things in a way that brings glory to God, right? And and so understanding that uh, I may be gifted in an area. If I can't trust somebody else to do it, and they may, like you just said, do it differently, and even not as well, because it's not the way I would do it, right? Right. My perception is it's not. But it's it's good or maybe even better Mm. than the way you do it. Because the leader's job is not to direct how things are done, his job is to direct people on what needs to be done. Here's what needs to be done. You figure out how. I'm giving you the authority to decide the how, not the what. Here's the what. And, and this is the deal where this counterintuitive process, and very few of us talk about it, is how does a leader give away authority but maintain responsibility? as in the buck stops here, right? Mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. give you authority to figure out how to do this. This is where we're going, right? And we both go, yeah, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. You figure out how. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and your supporter. You go for it.
0: I can see why there's such a breakdown in this barrier from the lower, the level we were just at to this mm. level, because everything that got us to the second level, our own core competencies, our own abilities, our own skill set, yeah. now are the things that are preventing us yes. from moving to the next yes. level. This is just not fair, Jim. This
1: this is the hardest leap for a leader to make. Okay, this this is the what we call the what I call the wall. I don't know if anybody else calls it, but this is where you see authentic leadership run into corrupted leadership, and is this is where a leader has to overcome uh, ego and flesh and. Uh, temptation and all of the, these things, and where they really have to move into this is about God's glory, about His name being great, about Him being non-ignorable, not about my greatness, not about my reputation, not about me being ignored. I need to be able to become ignorable in this process. Mm-hmm. The best leader shines the light on others. Mm-hmm. In the same way that the the Holy Spirit is our, He's our our model in this. The Holy Spirit yeah, is absolutely. the one that shines the light on Jesus always. Holy Spirit never calls attention to Himself. He shines a light on Jesus, and Jesus always shines the light on the Father. Right? A, a pastor here in town said it so well once. Uh, he he talked about the the arch in St. Louis. Yeah. Right. If you go see it at night. Mm-hmm. The thing you want to see is the arch. There's all these lights. You don't see the lights. Mm. You don't see the raised lights. You just see the arch. And those lights bring no attention to themselves. They totally bring attention to the arch. A leader is all about shining the light on those around them and ultimately on the Lord. Mm.
0: It, It really is never about me. It's about us and Him. It's about Him. Ultimately Him. For His
1: glory, and, and that's what fills us with joy. We, this becomes more and more fun mm. the more competent a leader becomes at leading an organization well. Because, mm. And, and that's, why, that's why God's glory is so important in this. Because the truth is, He never disappoints. Hmm. We always disappoint. He never fails. We always fail, right? We're, we're just not all that. I think that's what's most important for a leader to know. This is not about how creative or how original or how amazing I can do this. This is about how faithful and humble I can be to what he already is, right? This is is his story. This is his kingdom. This is his plan. This is his reputation. And you know what's exciting to
0: me is as I've traveled across this state, I have seen examples of that in pulpits across our state of men and women across our state who are leading like that, Mm -hmm. that we never read about in the newspaper. There's nobody coming to a conference that they would host, and yet they are accomplishing that. And I'm not opposed to people who've done great and wonderful things and lights and mirrors and smoke and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. But I think some of our finest examples of this leadership change has been from those who, like John, said, while he increases, I must decrease. And we've got some great examples across Missouri Baptists, don't we?
1: Oh, we do. We have great examples of what we call underdog leaders. Mm. Nobody knows them. Nobody will ever know them, right? Because... For them, it's not about them. It's about the Lord. It's about the Lord.
0: And one day we'll get to heaven, and we'll get to hear all of our stories. Yeah. And we're going to be amazed by some of the stories that we hear of what yeah. God has done for people who have provided the leadership, authentic leadership. Well, we've got one more level to go in our pyramid, and I, I can't imagine what that's going to be because this is getting so good. This last session has been so good for me personally and the recognition that we've got to be providing organizational leadership in relational, in relationship, relationally, operationally, competence, and with a way to multiply that in a systemic matter. And next time we're going to talk about strategic leadership. I can't wait to hear right. about that next one. Thanks, Jim, for joining us here on the podcast, the yeah. Missouri Baptist Foundation, Foundational Thoughts. <laughs>